I just met this woman and she's sharing this whole story of how she had had a child out of, um, out of her marriage mm-hmm. and she couldn't go back to the church and she was terrified of the church and all of these things. And I could feel mm-hmm. with every fiber in my being, I could feel that the Holy Spirit was saying, share your story. Hey, welcome back to the Three Crosses podcast. My name is Mark Campbell. I'm one of the pastors here at Three Crosses. And today it is my privilege to sit down with a dear friend of mine, someone who is learning to walk by faith, much like Simon Peter had to learn. Her name is Terry Cruz. And we talked about those tense, tension-filled moments when the Lord is whispering to us to do something bigger than us, to step out in this thing he calls faith. And so without further ado, let's jump right in. Well, I can't tell you how excited I am to sit in the podcast booth, the infamous podcast booth here at Three Crosses with my dear friend, Terry Cruz. How are you? I'm doing well. I would like to share with the listening audience all the details that make you you, but I'd rather hear them from you because I've known you for 20 years now? At least. At least? How old is this? I mean, we are, we're wise, we're mature. We've no, we are not mature. <laughs> Wisdom has come with age. Not, we're not done yet, mm-hmm. but, but at least 20 years. And we met doing ministry together mm-hmm. on the other side of town in an old liquor store mm-hmm. that we converted into a center of outreach, of, of meeting teenagers where they are, uh, aligning with them in their lives and walking through life with them. And that was a special time. And that's when uh, my wife and I fell in love with you and Dan, your husband, Mm -hmm. and your kids, Lauren and Justin. And tell us a little bit, uh, I I feel weird because I know all these answers. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Where were you raised? How were you raised? Well, my upbringing for the most part is in Hayward, and then Hayward, and then Hayward. So we moved all over Hayward pretty much. Um, So that's really hometown for me, and uh, that's where I met my husband, uh, when we were 12 years old, we didn't get married at 12, but you know, we uh, hung tight, <laughs> stayed friends, and then definitely got um, on with life and stayed together. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit about me and my upbringing. My family was not really into church in my younger, younger years, I'd say sub five. And then uh, my parents split up around the time I was five. And then they actually got back together and went from being anti-religion to fully religious. And so we um, really immersed ourselves and spent at least three to five days in church. And um, it was a pretty intense time in church. It's where I learned to be afraid of hell and uh, where I also learned where to hide in the church. And so, you know, got creative, made a lot of friends. And uh, But that was really my upbringing. It was kind of an interesting... Mm-hmm legalistic, always had to put on a front. Everything was always good. And so I sort of learned how to put that facade on at a young age. Mm-hmm. And then you walked away from all that. And then I ran away from all that. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, Thank for, you for the correction. <laughs> I did that for <laughs> a solid 10 years. I bolted. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was because I was angry with the church, confused by the church, uh, just didn't really believe what I experienced was helpful, helpful or healthy. Mm-hmm. 
And I just felt judged and criticized. Mm -hmm. And so I just didn't want any part of that. And I pretty much wanted to live my life the way I wanted to live it. Mm -hmm. So I just said peace mm -hmm. and took a 10 year dip out of church and. And out of relationship with the Lord. And a out of the relationship there's with the, the Lord. church community. Absolutely. And then there's relationship. Out of relationship with the Lord always, I mean, wooed back and wooed back and wooed back. And I would dip in a little bit into that relationship when I really needed it mm -hmm. and then put it at mm -hmm. bay when I didn't need mm -hmm. it. Tough way to go. Yeah. Tough way to go. Yeah. What uh, changed that for you? What what stopped the dip in and dip out and you just said, hey, you know what? I'm I'm going to roll with the king. You know, it was really a series of events. You know, Dan, my husband, uh, he, we went to a revival. It was a independent ooh, ooh, fundamental ooh. Baptist revival. Wait a minute. <laughs> One more time. Independent. Independent fundamental Baptist revival in oh. the Central Valley. In the Central Valley. In the Central Valley. Well, God so bless the Central Valley. I was feeling wooed or guilty, mm -hmm. so I decided to go to church, sure. and Dan came with me. And the whole time the preacher was preaching, it was... Everybody was burning in hell. Mm. And um, so I'm just just pissed the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, this guy finally comes to church, and this is what he's going to get. This guy being Dan. This guy being Dan. Your, your, My husband. Your man, yeah. So anyway, so we're sitting there, and, and I'm angry. And at the end, because there's an altar call at the end of every revival, mm -hmm. and Dan taps me on the leg and said, I think it's my turn. <laughs> It's like, wait, 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 I'm sorry, where have you been? Yeah. And we didn't smoke anything before we came in. So I'm trying to figure out why you're like feeling something because this is just not right. So you're sitting there getting angry. He's getting rocked by the He's king getting of kings. Yeah. And so he went forward and I went out of the back of the church mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. said, this is not what I want. Mm -hmm. So now and you're mad at the church, God and Dan. I'm definitely, well, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm ready to like bring Dan back to, you know, yeah. reality yeah. because this isn't mm -hmm. what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So Dan came out of the church and he was like, where did you go? And I was like, dude, you have no idea what you just got yourself into. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, I'm not changing. I'm going to be me. I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. So we did that for another couple of years. And so he, he, he went forward and then said, I'm not changing. I'm not changing. Okay, gotcha. I'm not changing, but I don't want to go to hell. Which is. So he had the same salvation I had. Gotcha. I, I fell gotcha. in. I, I, I didn't fall in love with Jesus. I was afraid of hell. Gotcha. And that was really mm -hmm. the turning point for both of us. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, we have that in common. So when did you and Dan or you fall in love with the Lord? It was probably around the time that we met. Mm -hmm. We were falling in love with the Lord. Mm -hmm. We're just still really confused by religion. We started going to church mm -hmm. because our kids went to a local uh, Christian school and it was a requirement. So mm -hmm. we were like, oh, we better go to church. And so we started going to this church. And after we met you on a lake, which I don't think that's a coincidence at all, just because of the way we oh, roll and see that. how we met on a lake, you were kind of freaking me out the whole time we were at a family camp it I was a church that. family camp lake mendocino and you were on our boat mm -hmm. constantly with our kids mostly because we thought you were afraid to leave your kids with us we weren't sure oh, for or sure. you were just checking oh us for out. sure i'm a man of wisdom <laughs> oh for sure and so as we got to know you and you sort of wooed us into the youth ministry we started to hear a different story mm. and a different narrative mm -hmm. than i had heard my whole life wow and it was really a narrative of grace and there was just so much where Dan and I really, I think, came to fall in love with the Lord mm -hmm. together. And we were doing it sort of at the same pace and mm -hmm. at the same rate. And um, we were hanging out with high school students for the most part. And so um, learning alongside with them. And, you know, the thing I love about high schoolers is they're going to give it to you pretty straight. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, we can just be us in this space mm -hmm. and we don't have to pretend to be anything that we're not. Mm -hmm. And so there was a real freedom in really 
seeking and learning and absorbing what grace really meant. Mm -hmm. And so it was in that space um, where we started to really, they were no longer fictional characters in the Bible. These are like real life people who had real life struggles that I just really connected to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and went, that's the faith that I believe the creator of the universe intended mm -hmm. for us to be a part of. And just started to really fall in love with, with that and started to really feel healing and restoration in my own life. Mm -hmm. And in that, um, felt much more connected. You know, I think I was always, I always felt sort of like the black sheep, if you will, mm -hmm. because I was never good enough mm -hmm. and starting to really see that God does love me and that I, you know, Ephesians 2.10 is a verse that's really rocked my world to think that I'm this piece of poetry or this piece of art that really has a purpose and, um, really leaning into that and understanding what that really meant, mm -hmm. meant that I had to really start to like myself a little bit more and value myself a little bit mm -hmm. more through his eyes, not through Dan's eyes, not through my eyes, not through my career's eyes, mm -hmm. but really through the creator who wove me together. Mm -hmm. And so just falling in love with that space and really falling in love with who he created me to be mm -hmm. in a healthy sense. As you fell in love with him. As I fell in love with him. It's interesting, as you're <laughs> describing that whole season, it was a real um, supernatural time for all of us in a real sense where we we were exposed to I, Jesus of Nazareth. And we're in the middle of a series here at Three Crosses, Walking with Jesus. We've been looking at the life of Peter, who learned most of, most of his lessons lakeside. Mm -hmm. And you know we met on a lake, and then you used to come and do camps with us, exploring who Peter was. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, as you're describing your past and all that you've been through and along with Dan and your family. And um, it's so familiar because it's much like Simon Peter, who is always in touch with what he wasn't, the mistakes he made. I mean, there's one brother that was sticking his foot in his mouth throughout the Gospels. It's Peter. And um, I wonder when you started to trust what Jesus was telling you who you are, and stop listening to the voices of your mistakes, your past, and then dip out in all of what culture's telling you you are. When did that shift really take place? Or was there a moment? Was there a time? I mean, I think one of the most radical shifts, I think there it's almost like mm -hmm. a, you know, the earthquake we felt mm -hmm. recently. It's like there's a there's a little one and then a bigger one and a bigger one. So I think there's been a series of shifts in my life. Mm -hmm. Um a few years ago, actually a couple of years ago, I think was one of the most radical shifts where I really wrapped myself around my success in life, my career in life, and who I was to everybody. I mean, I take, um, I, I love advocating for people. And so even in those good things, they sort of became my God. Mm -hmm. And so God really brought me to a space a couple of years ago where he was like, when you decide to let go of all of that and we really strip down all of those things, then we're really going to get down to who you are, what you're about, and really what I created you to be. Mm -hmm. And so I think for the first time, it was less about being this super confident, really successful, strong woman who I can shape shift in pretty much any conversation, shape shift in any circumstance, but really just being who I am and accepting that and loving that. And he really has deconstructed some things and has pointed out some things and it's like, wow, I actually really do love the way he's made me so unique to me. Mm -hmm. The things that I used to try to hide because mm -hmm. I thought that they were too much or too embarrassing 
Um, now it's like, but that's who I am. Mm -hmm. There's only one me. Mm -hmm. There's only one you. Mm -hmm. And so in that, it's like, well, there's only one God. Mm -hmm. And he looks a lot of different ways through all of us. But in that, um, I think I really have been able to embrace who I am, the mm -hmm. way he's called me to be. I vibe with Peter mm -hmm. big time because I, it's this constant run forward, run back, mm -hmm. run forward, run mm -hmm. back, run forward, run mm -hmm. back. And um, in this last couple of years, he's really helped me understand who I am and what it really means to take care of myself mm -hmm. versus take care of everything else, take care of everybody else. Which is big for you. I mean, because you you put everybody else's needs ahead of yours for so long, especially mm -hmm. as a mother. Mm -hmm. And you're real humble. I like that. Uh, you are very accomplished, very successful in a high-pressure industry. I, I'm going to call it large-scale construction. What are you going to call it? What's the real technical term? It's it's in the construction industry, yeah. So B Big. There's none bigger. I mean, it, it's a pretty the stuff big, you're yeah. involved with. Yeah. yeah. Con and now consulting at a high level. Mm -hmm. And you're very humble. And that's something that you... Um, strove for since you were a little girl, if I can be so personal, mm -hmm. to be recognized professionally as a woman mm -hmm. is dear to your heart. That's something that you gained, but had to let go of mm -hmm. as a priority in your life to follow the Lord. How, what was that like? Liberating. Liberating. <laughs> so much like Simon had to let go of yeah. his fishing, yeah. you had to let go of this platform that you worked your tail off your whole life to get to. Mm -hmm. And so how was it liberating? So when I was, I, I remember the moment I was 12 years old, I was sitting at the dinner table. My dad came home. My dad worked mm -hmm. like around the clock. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was the breadwinner and he came home and we had dinner every night as family, mm -hmm. sat down at the table and my mom made dinner every night. And he looked at the table and he said, what? No green beans. <laughs> and I just remember saying that will never be me. Mm. I will never be that person. Wow. I will always be strong. I will never be codependent of a of another man. Mm -hmm. And so I really, you know, took a lot of pride into being independent and strong and and all of those things. Sure. There's a lot of, you know, lies that comes in, in sure. all of that, but it was like there's no way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, fast forward, I had my son when I was 16. Mm -hmm. So that sort of derailed my planning. Sure. And the the closest people in my life told me you will amount to nothing if you have this child. So I was 24 hours away from an abortion with my son. And then God totally intervened and I had him. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna do the best I can do with this. And so I was like, poured everything into that. And so when I started to build my career, didn't have a college education, very proud of my uh, upbringing in Hayward. You know, I think I was ed educated, you know, School of Hard Knocks and a lot of- uh, Little Guito diploma, <laughs> little Guito. <laughs> I got a little Guito diploma <laughs> and uh, a lot of street smarts that came with that. For you sure. know, people think we're geniuses, but it's like, it's yeah. common sense. Learn that behind that hole. Common sense. Yeah. And so I built my career and really the career that I have should not be. Mm -hmm. I don't have the pedigree. I don't mm -hmm. have the credentials. Mm -hmm. But you thrive and, in it. But I, but I definitely strive mm -hmm. and drive in that. And so when the Lord said, okay, that's not a thing anymore. Mm. It was also in a space to where, you know, we are also physical beings. Obviously we're very much spiritual yeah. beings, but he was like, if you're not gonna listen with what I'm whispering to you, then we're just gonna start shutting down. And so physically I started shutting down. And I mean, I've spent mm -hmm. hours and hours and hours at, with you and Kath and just talking through life and how stressful my job was. And it was like, it's, it's great mm -hmm. because I've done the things I said I wanna do, 
but I'm dying. now, And now God's taking you somewhere different. And now God wants me to breathe and live again. Mm-hmm. And that's really, the liberation came in the breathing again, so living what, so, again. So just because I think this is the tension where a lot of us live, where the Lord says, stop that, start this. Mm-hmm. And that's a real tough place to go. If Absolutely. somebody's saying, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not comfortable anymore in this environment, this neighborhood, this relationship, and the Lord's been whispering, yeah, duh, I want to take you into a new realm, a spiritual realm. I want you now to start sharing what I've showed you. I want you to start dying to yourself and living for others. What was that shift? Like, what if you could give a detail, like you physically got ill, and then how did you say yes to what the Lord was drawing you to? What was that that he was drawing you to? Well, what I did, I mean, I did. it was about a, a 18 month process, I actually did a full inventory. Mm-hmm. What were the things that I was feeling emotionally, physically, spiritually? What are the things that broke my heart? What? Why did they break my heart? I just really started to actually pay attention to what was going on around me. Mm-hmm. Why did I feel the way that I felt in different circumstances? Mm-hmm. And I logged it mm-hmm. and I journaled it and I would go back to that. And a lot of it, it just didn't make sense to me, but I was like, all right, God. And so all of those things I would literally offer and surrender and say, why do I feel this way about this thing? This thing being, give me a- Why, uh, why, why when I walk down the street and I see somebody who's obviously not well and likely doesn't have a home, I just didn't pay attention. Didn't pay attention. Because I was so busy. With your kingdom. I was so busy with my kingdom. Absolutely. Building your deal. And so I started looking at these things and a lot of those things, I mean, being busy, Mm -hmm. it's such a safe space. Yeah. It's so I don't have to feel the things in my mm-hmm. life that hurt. Yep. And so the more I started to allow myself to feel the things in my life and started to do an inventory of them, you know, again, I go back to Ephesians 2.10. God created me to do good work, a good work. So what is that good work? Mm-hmm. And why do I feel the things that I feel? You may not feel the things that I feel. Why do I have a passion and a burden for them? Mm-hmm. And so I just really started to pay attention to those and say, okay, now how can I, in the context of my life, not compartments of my life, but the context of my life say, this thing matters across all lines, whether I'm at work, whether I'm at home, whether I'm at church, they they all matter. So you mean to tell me you stopped living the life of a double-faced person? You put down hypocrisy I was, I to was pick an up actress. true faith. I was an actress. <laughs> so your passions and your burdens started to collide. Mm-hmm. And the Lord, you, you started to gain his heart. Mm -hmm. You started to look at life and people and circumstances Mm -hmm. through his eyes. And I think for me, I mean, growing up in church and even in ministry, when we were doing Mm -hmm. ministry, it's so easy to make people a project. Mm -hmm. You become a project. And, you know, the Lord just really started to show me people, I think, in the way that he Mm -hmm. sees them. Mm -hmm. I mean, a glimpse, I can't handle what Mm -hmm. he sees. Mm -hmm. But I really started to say, I need to know Mm -hmm. people's story. I don't need to know how to fix them. Mm -hmm. I'm a fixer Mm -hmm. and I wanna control everything. Mm -hmm. I don't need to control anything. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna fix anything. I just wanna get to know people. And so when I took a pause and when I left my career and I actually had all this time, I created space where I said, I have certain number of hours a week that were committed to just being totally available. I'd come sit up at Cafe Four and just pray. So you're pausing and listening. Yeah, and, and opening my eyes and, opening your and eyes. looking up. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was it. And it's it's been crazy. I mean, Dan and I just went furniture shopping the other day, mm-hmm. and we're sitting there. We're sitting on our new couches that we're about to purchase, and these two guys come and sit down next to us, mm-hmm. and we end up having this conversation with them, 
and it's it <laughs> they've become good friends i mean we end up for an hour for an hour having a conversation getting to know them falling in love with them hearing their story sharing travels i mean their their goals to go to every continent in the world mm -hmm. and they've already done more than half mm -hmm. and so we're having this conversation and it was like oh you mean you didn't just go to the store to get the couch and bounce out to the next thing you actually stopped and talked to people amazing i love these guys and now we're you know we're mm -hmm. gonna have dinner and we've already it eat. sounds like you're becoming fishers of men literally yeah yeah or women or women in the furniture store, in the restaurant, in yeah. the neighborhood, yeah. in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about when you decided to bring this good news, which is God sees everybody and wants to do life with everybody. There's no separation anymore between humans and God. Should we put faith in him, mm -hmm. trust him, and seek him? So when did that happen at your career, like like at your work? When did, what, do you recall one of the first movements or early movements where you said, you know what? Because you said, I'm not going to be this two-faced person, this double life. I'm authentically now looking at life as though Jesus was living his life through me because that's what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And everything becomes this opportunity to move people closer to the king, closer to their creator. What was uh, the tension or some early movements at work where, where you're thinking, okay, it's not about the project, it's about the person? Mm -hmm. When was that? What was that like, that movement? I mean, that's that's been going on for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, on, that goes back to even when we were doing the, the youth ministry mm -hmm. together. And I would come to work and talk about the ridiculous things that we were doing. Mm -hmm. And I would get my work people involved. Right. You know, could you, do, does anybody have, we're looking for skis that we can ski in a parking lot. Mm, you don't want that them back. That was a fun day. Yeah, that was a fun day. And <laughs> You'll a, never few get back. a few injuries, but you know. Yeah. And so it was like just involving them in my life as well. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we spent every one of our vacations doing houseboat trips or, you know, going to Africa or going to Mexico and our work people are going, what are you doing that for? And so part of it is I don't feel the need to come in and start mm -mm. preaching to people no. or even, you know, I don't even mention anything. I think if we are truly the light, if we look for ways to be grateful, if we look, we have a lot to celebrate. Mm -hmm. You know, we can be sort mm -hmm. of uptight people here in the church. Mm -hmm. And I think if we remember, we actually have a reason to celebrate. Mm -hmm. There's a big deal. It's a big deal. Mm, it's a big and deal. And so if we remember that we are light in a dark place, mm -hmm. just let the light shine and be, and, be light. and just be. be. And people, I mean, just by, they're, they're curious. Why, mm -hmm. why do you react that mm -hmm. way? You should be reacting this way. Mm -hmm. And then you're so gracious and loving with people who really probably a lot of people don't feel that loving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't feel mm -hmm. worthy of that kind of grace. And those guys probably didn't feel that yeah. important when they walked into that store. But you spend an hour with somebody, they feel very important. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I think it's it's amazing when you see people. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you don't, you know, don't look past them, mm -hmm. but really see people and hear people and take a pause with people. Mm -hmm. With no expectation. No, or agenda. No agenda. Mm -hmm. I just really want to get to know you. I see you. I value you. Yes. I want to do life with That's you. That's it. That's my, uh, I'm speaking on November 17th here at the Old Three Crosses. Oh, really? Tell and, me about it. Well, Give me a I, plug. You already did half the message. I'm doing <laughs> Ephesians 2.10. I'm going to wrap up the life of Peter and how I apply his uh, principles to my life. And you just blew all the tension away. So now I got to reform my whole message. Uh -huh. But sincerely, Ephesians 2.10, you're a masterpiece. There's not another one like you, full of his spirit, created for great moments of time that we would walk in them, that he's prepared before time began. He set those guys up in that furniture store decades ago and had all the fun watching you two finally meet. Mm -hmm. And what they heard and saw was a little bit of his grace 
and not your disappointment with a couch or the sales rep or the parking. Yep. Am I right? That's it. I mean, that's it. Jeez. We started talking about Israel to these guys and they're like, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's a good thing. And I've heard about, you know, there's a lot of Jesus stuff there. We don't need any of that. And I'm like, oh, but let me tell you something. If you like Lake Tahoe and you like Napa Valley, that's a place to be. And so just having the conversation then about, oh, mm-hmm. well, tell us about what you saw and mm-hmm. the, you know, the digs and mm-hmm. what you found. And it's like, you know. Sharing I'm, life. Yeah, just sharing life. Not hiding life. Yeah. And I think that's it. And I think there's, again, the liberation comes with that. It's mm-hmm. like, I only have to be the piece of art that I am. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be yours. Mm-hmm. I don't have to even scribble on yours. I can just be me. I feel like the tension for some folks and tension that I had to wrestle through, and I'm assuming that you did, when you start to step out in areas that are spooky, that require faith, that you're not sure how they're going to turn out, you might offend, you know, what would you say in your words, uh, because I get the pulpit to share my view, but I want to hear your view, (laughs) what would you say is the first real step to someone knowing that the Lord is prompting them, but it's frightening. I don't have the words. I don't have the time. I don't have the, I, the, the I don'ts are huge. What would you say that first little breakthrough was? Maybe it was, a, it's a story that happened 20 years ago, 10 years ago. What's that first step, second step? I have a million of those. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly terrified. You know, again, I sort of hide behind the shield of, of confidence mm-hmm. and, but I'm constantly terrified and I'm definitely afraid of, offending people mm-hmm. with Anything. the creator yeah, and, because I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, push an agenda on people. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's always a wall for me. Um, I remember, I'm, I mean, honestly, I was sitting down with a woman who I had so much in common with. And there was a person there that I, I really respected. I just met this woman and she's sharing this whole story of how she had had a child out of, um, out of her marriage mm-hmm. and she couldn't go back to the church and she was terrified with church and all of these things. And I could feel mm-hmm. with every fiber in my being, I could feel that the Holy Spirit was saying, share your story. Mm. And I was like, no, 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 because I don't <laughs> want this person who right. I respect. Right. It was, wasn't even about her anymore. It was like about this person. Mm-hmm. And this happened to be in a, in a mud hut in Africa. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, and God was like, what do you think I brought you here for? I mean, if you can't come and share here where I brought you, what what what's mm-hmm. your deal? Mm-hmm. And I was terrified. And so finally I just said, okay. So, sometimes it's just a matter of saying, okay. 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 I'll go. And I'm just I'll going speak. I'm just gonna open and, and it was literally just as she was sharing things, just asking her questions. Why do you feel that way? And I think sometimes we all live in the land of assumptions, which is gossip in our own mind. Mm -hmm. And so she had made so many assumptions about how people felt. Mm -hmm. And some of them were real because she'd experienced them. And so it was just, I'm just going to show up and I'm just going to get, again, if you just let people talk instead of just talk at them, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. Sometimes they bring themselves to that space because Mm -hmm. the Lord is there doing the work. Mm -hmm. The Lord is prompting and wooing them. He Mm -hmm. doesn't need me to do it. Mm -hmm. They just need somebody to be present with them. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's just sitting and being, and that's it. We see that in the story of the bleeding woman when when she reached out and touched his hem, and he felt his power leave. That's it. And then I love this. He stopped, and then the next text is, she sat with him and she told him everything. Mm-hmm. This brother stopped the whole parade, sat on a curb with this woman, 
While the dad's waiting. Waiting. For Gyrus. him to go heal. Yes. Yeah, I just preached on this. Did you? Yeah, I did. You know, a preacher? You go from a mud hut in Africa <laughs> to a preacher? What, 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 what? Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah. And that was it. And what I, it's immediately. Mm-hmm. Immediately she was healed. Mm-hmm. And then she told him everything. Woman at the well. There is nothing immediate about yeah. Jairus' story, though. No. Nope. He had to wait. He had because to wait. in both of those stories, God is sharpening and shaping us mm-hmm. the way we need to be mm-hmm. in that moment. And they look different, but they're the same. You know what I love? Uh, we're going to close with this. Is uh, you said, okay. And think back in Simon Peter's life, all the great moments, all of his great successes, he had to say, okay, mm-hmm. come on. If it's you, Lord, call me out on the water. Okay. And so Simon had to take that step yep. and he's constantly being pulled deeper and deeper into frightening moments, strengthening his faith muscle so mm-hmm. the Lord could show him all that he's capable of. Yep. Okay. What right now in your life, so we can... Uh, watch it unfold in your life and pray for you. What right now are you struggling with to say, okay? There there are some things, I mean, it's funny about this word and it's, it's not right now, but he literally just brought me through this. Um, I don't know if there's rules to your questions, but I'm going to answer no. it my way anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're a, <laughs> a piece of poetry. Um, not too long ago, our uh, pastor was sharing, you know, we were going through this radical generosity mm-hmm. And in that, I just felt the spirit prompting me, my way of giving generously mm-hmm. was to let something go. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really letting go of holding people in my past hostage to things that they, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. I, I don't think everything's intentional, but there was a lot of hurt. And even, you know, growing up in this religious church, it's like God was saying, it's time to let it go. Let it go. And you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. So forgive those who let, have gone for, before you. Forgive and just let go of it. Mm, I mean, honestly, go. it wasn't even this, a forgiveness thing. It was, a, I was, it was almost like, I felt like it gave me strength in some ways. It was like a coat of my armor. Yeah, it was like yeah, an extra yeah. battle scar. Holding on to some things. And he was saying, just let it go. Mm-hmm. Just let it go. And where I had to say, okay, was receiving his healing mm. in that mm-hmm. without doing anything mm. where I had to be okay was when God's to me, when you tell me go do something, that means there's a series of bring, events that need to happen. Right. And what he was saying was, no, you just need to sit there and receive it. Mm-hmm. And for me to just be okay in the space of not doing, but receiving is really uncomfortable for me. Sure. Cause you're accomplished because I'd love to do I went to Hayward high, man, yeah. you got stuff to do. <laughs> stuff to do. <laughs> And so letting that go and just basking in being the beloved yeah. and being loved. not Being, so, being loved. That's it, huge. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Receiving. Mm-hmm. It's, that's something for me is just mm-hmm. really difficult. Amazing. Simon, do you love me? You know I love you. Mm-hmm. No, do you love me? Where can we find you? Uh, usually at the cafe. At the cafe. Loving people. Loving people. And saying okay to the Lord. Yeah. Terry, I'm going to be honest with you. There's uh, a few people walking the earth that inspire me and that make me better and stronger and more like the Lord. And you're one of them. And it's a privilege to do life with you, to take 30 minutes and just hear a little glimpse of that fantastic story called your life. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for walking the earth with me, my wife, my kids, and my community because you add so much to it and remind me again of what I um, should be in a sense, as as a man that's following the Spirit of God. And you're constantly reminding me of what that looks like, and I can't thank you enough. Thanks for sharing your story and your heart with our Three Crosses audience. And that's just a glimpse. I wish we had three hours together. Mm. 
Maybe. Feel the same. Feel the same. All the same feels. You and Kath and the fam. God bless you. Hey, everyone. This is David, the producer for the Three Crosses podcast. I hope you enjoyed that awesome episode with Terry. She was so fun to have in here at the studio. I just wanted to come in and remind you guys about our Burning Questions series that we'll be doing in a couple of weeks. We're going to be having Pastor Buzz answer some questions from you guys, our listeners. So that can be anything from questions you have on the Bible or scripture or questions about what it's like to be on staff here at Three Crosses. Or even if you're just looking for some pastoral advice, Buzz is going to be here to answer all those things. So if that's something you would like to submit a question for, you can email us at podcast at threecrosses.org or definitely feel free to send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. We'll be taking those there as well. So we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Thanks.